Welcome to Rocketman Explores, where we voyage forth and delve into the world of sci-fi. But wait a minute! Ever wondered when the internet is going to get tired of us and just come and kill us all? Well, so have I. But then again, maybe it'll just be happy and send us cats for the rest of our lives. Tune in as we figure out AI. Friend, foe, or disinterested god. Much like cats. Hello again, ladies, gentlemen, and everything in between, and welcome to another episode of Rocket Man Explores. I hope you're all sitting back comfortably with your Harvey Wallbangers or drink of choice or whatever you decide to go with. I'm going with Harvey Wallbanger because it's a very uh, satisfying drink. We're going a bit lighter in tone today. We've been dealing with some fairly heavy stuff over the past few weeks, so I thought we'd get us kick us off on a lighter note with now... I don't know if it's going to be controversial or not, but it might. My personal favorite Pixar movie, WALL-E. And to talk about WALL-E, I have not one, but two special guests today. So we've got the one and only Technical Tina. Hello. How you doing? Good. Excellent. Ready to talk some WALL-E? I can't wait. But first, we also have an even more epically special guest, all the way over from Smark and Friends, our personal and youngest expert on the subject, our good friend, Buddy. Buddy, how you doing? Good. Good? Excellent. So, man, we're going to talk about WALL-E. You've, you've seen WALL-E, of course. Yeah. So what, what do you like about WALL-E? Well, I pretty much like that WALL-E's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah he is he pretty is. funny. He's extremely funny. If you had to think about it, what makes him different from sort of other robots you see on TV sometimes? Well, he just takes care of garbage. He does take care of garbage, but he also collects garbage, doesn't he? Yeah. No, it's a good point. The man has a job. He's got an honest living. And that is important, you know? Most of these robots are running around trying to take over the world or blow everything up. While he's an admirable man, he just goes out and takes care of the garbage. It's very good. Yes. Um, What about Eva? Do you like her as well? Yeah. Yeah? So, like, what do you think is sort of the main difference between Eva and Wally? Well, Eve doesn't take care of garbage. No, no she doesn't. You're absolutely right. Eva does not take care of garbage. She, what does Eva do? She just collects plants. Yeah, pretty that's much. True. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's pretty go. much it. Buddy, getting to the crux of the issue, yeah, he just pretty much pots plants. Oh, yeah, it's just really funny. <laughs> it's a very fun. It is, it is one of the funnier Pixar movies, and... I'm curious now, man, for someone your age, does part of what makes it funny, the fact that from a lot of the movie, neither of them can really talk? Like, nobody's talking, they're just doing things? Yeah. But you're still able to understand what's going on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so even, even if no one's talking, you can still follow the story. Yeah. To you... What's the point of Wally, aside from being very funny, of course? Well, it's just a story about a robot. Yeah, there you go. Buddy, do you think oh. it's possible that humans will have to go and live in space one day? I do not think so. I don't no. think garbage would take over the world that much. 
Oh, good. You think that we take care of the world and we like recycle and we compost. We don't put everything in the garbage. So we're not going to end up like that movie. Yeah. Well, good call. Uh, that, that's promising, buddy. And I hope you're correct. <laughs> I'm, rely I'm relying on you to make that happen, man. Huh. Until villains trash the world. Until villains trash the world. Well, there you go. That's why we need people like you to, like, you know, hold off the villains, right? Because uh, uh -huh. we're all getting old. We won't be able to do it forever. Oh, I've been doing workouts like uh, almost every morning, so I'm gonna be ready to fight villains in no time. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That that is very good to hear, man. I'm glad you're on the case. Oh. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of workout have you been doing every morning yes well mostly i do one and then dad picks one. Oh, yes. okay you, so you guys you work, guys out, work together. out together yeah nice oh that's cool once uh, my little guy comes along maybe you guys can work out together when he's older <laughs> yeah yeah that would be good you can show him the ropes because he'll be younger you can show him what to do yeah. Well, there you go. There you have it, folks. Sometimes, you know, you don't need to overcomplicate life. Wally -E is indeed a story about a robot. I mean, let's not, you know, you can, we can add as much as we want to it, but at the end of the day, this is what we're talking about here. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, buddy, thank you very much for your input. No problem. Okay. Thanks, man. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Bye well, there we have it, folks. So as said, sometimes simple is best. Now, for perhaps two old people who are going to drastically overcomplicate a simple children's movie, as we've heard from a child, that that's really what it's about. Wally -E is about a funny robot. But maybe we can dig too deep into it and come up with some other stuff. Tina, what do you think? I think that's a plan. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so let's so there you go. Let's ruin the magical simplicity of this children's movie with some more complex readings of it, shall we? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we begin? Well, I mean, I find Wally -E, Wally -E is my favorite of all the Pixar movies for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, mm -hmm. I I love. I mean, you know, we got a bit out of Buddy there for it, but I love the fact that almost like a third, two thirds of it is basically a silent movie. Yeah. As in, there's no dialogue whatsoever. I, I find that amazing how they were able to pull that off. I like, do too. But I mean, when you think of it, because like when kids talk a lot, not using language, they use like, you know, their like physical language or body language. And um, so I find it really nice that in a movie, they're also able to portray that. Yeah. But, uh, no, you're yeah. right. You're right. Of course. Yeah. You know, a lot of it's where, you know, we're so far removed from it. Maybe we forget, but a lot of, yeah, you dicking around in the playground. You don't actually always talk that much. Exactly. If, and like, I went to a French school and I didn't speak French. So I, it, like, you know, when I would play, it's literally pointing and. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You know, the, the Coco, the gorilla style point wave. <laughs> do you think? It works. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> uh... But Interestingly, I also find, however, that, I mean, when you look at it objectively, Wally is also the most pessimistic of all the, the Pixar movies. Because, I mean, it opens and Earth is, for lack of a better word, fucked. Like, Earth is totally fucked. And the only people <laughs> left alive 
is this one spaceship, which although it seems like there's a lot of people, considering how many people are on the planet, presumably most of the Earth's population is dead. And now there's just Wally the robot stacking up all our trash for all eternity. I mean, that's a real, if you think about it, that's a really messed up start to a children's movie. It really is. And I think that's what really hit home uh, when I first watched this. I mean, like what, this movie came out in 2008, I think. Yeah. And um, I remember, like, I haven't seen Wally a whole bunch of times. I think I've seen Monsters Inc. way more than I've seen Wally, but I do yep. agree with you in that Wally is one of my favorite movies. And I think it just hit home because it's like, do I think that we will go live in space? No, I don't. But I think that it was an important message to bring to the younger audience of like, hey, if we don't take care of our world, we're really going to fuck it up. Yeah, and I mean, it's presaging a lot of things are even more relevant now, like Greta Thunberg and her protest yeah. against, and that whole movement, right? You know, they were presaging that in 2008. Pixar was saying, we agree with you, because if you don't, this is where we're going to end up, you know? Exactly, like, exactly. Yeah, so I think, uh, yes, you're right that it is probably the most pessimistic uh, Pixar movie, but definitely one that needed to be done and was very well done. Yeah, that's that's always the joy of Pixar movies. They can sometimes take some really intense concepts and still fold them into like children, like you know, to move, go to another Pixar movie like Up. I mean, Jesus Christ, to start to Up, right? Yeah. Their whole life together, and then she's just then she dies, and it's <laughs> grief. It's his grief. It's like my God, you know, like yeah, you can't get right. even, you can't even get through the start of that movie without crying. And then it's sort of the same thing here. Just like this is just uh, you know an extreme situation we find ourselves in. And yeah. then um, so to look a bit at the two robots, I love like Wally's sort of like nineteen seventies like I, I picture Wally is like you know for lack of a better term, Wally's a garbage truck or like. Yeah. Uh, Wally is a digger. Wally is like, Wally is something built for like work. And then Eva is an iPhone. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like literally they, they, they must've taken, you know, the design aesthetic for all the Apple stuff is very clearly obvious in her, in how she moves around. And even like almost how she talks and such compared to him, he's very like, he's sort of almost analog in the, the digital, in this, electronic sounds that he makes he's much more digital than the electronic sounds that she makes yep That's, yeah I, you're absolutely yeah. right i like that she's like a much later model i mean presumably while he was built hundreds of years ago so she is like a far more upgraded version of just well, robot in general Wally would have been built 700 years ago because it was yep. assumedly built before they left space or as yes. they were leaving for space as they were leaving yeah now he, Wally sort of hits the um, the uh, Odysseus's boat paradox, or like the axe paradox, right? Mm -hmm. Which mm -hmm. I don't want to get into too long here, but I think you know it, right? It's like if you take Odysseus's boat and there's a hole and he patches it, and there's another hole and he patches it, another hole and he patches it, and at the end of the trip, every single plank of wood that was the boat at the start has been replaced with a different thing. Is it still yeah. his boat? Yeah, he's the same way. You can tell just at the start he's scavenging other like old bodies of himself. So presumably he's remade himself many, many, many times over the past 700 years. Yes. And actually, I have a point that kind of jumps to the very end. Yep. So should I? Yeah. I mean, yeah. people, yeah, yeah. So if we you can haven't jump. seen we jump this movie over. by then, 
by if you haven't yeah. seen this movie Spo- by now then... for a 13 year old pixar movie that you should have seen already <laughs> exactly it's like yes he has remade himself time and time and time and time again just because you know yep. he's like got the collection of his eyes and um all the circuit boards and everything but at the very end when he was on the spaceship he was trying to keep the plant thing from closing and he got damaged yep. and he died for lack of a better term and then they yep. return to earth and eva brings him to his truck where he keeps all of his stuff and she replaces him completely with all new parts and she has to replace his um his motherboard i guess circuit board and he doesn't come back fully the same so you're like oh well is he like that's where i had a big question like ai versus human intelligence but i'm like there was clearly something else in him that made him him because as soon as he, like he was able to store memory somewhere maybe he's got some ram somewhere else yeah but he was able to store memory because when he uh when she touched his hand or when she held hands with him when eva held hands with wally yeah. then everything kind of came back and he was back to himself so yes he's been remade time and time again so is he actually the same robot as he once was but he is because all those memories come back to him yeah, this software in his hard drive, or like the, the stored information in his hard drive has remained the same. And he may have transferred that from one to the other, but in the end, it's the same. Well, it it's similar as like, you know, whenever you get a movie where like someone transfers their consciousness into another body. And so is it them or is it the other person or this, that, and the other, right? There's Yeah, you're right. But um, but Wally did come back. It took him a while, but he did fully come back to himself. Yeah, I mean, as you that is maybe it took, you know, I mean, the Ram's pretty old. Maybe it took a while for it to reboot itself and all that. You know, it's like it's like you had to install a Windows update. And so suddenly it took like two days for it to restart completely. Oh, and you know what? He actually makes the window sound when he, he does, finishes when he charging. Reached, yeah, work. He probably yeah. he hadn't been shut off for 700 years. He had 700 <laughs> years worth of updates to get through. Oh, my and, God, you know, on a Windows machine. That must have been awful. Oh, it, I'm amazed it did. I'm amazed it took him as quick as it did. <laughs> oh, seriously. <laughs> All right. But jumping back to the beginning of the movie. Yeah. What to you made Wally like, you know, what made him different other than he's a funny robot? What made him, well, made him different from what? From other robots that we see in other movies and assuming the other Wally robots that have now died. Okay, well, other robots in other movies is easy, is artificial intelligence is often portrayed in um, either a completely hostile light or in like an equivalent light, like data or things like that. Yes. Uh, very rarely is artificial intelligence portrayed as well. Wally is clearly intelligent. He clearly has like reasoning skills. He clearly he goes about his routine because that's what he does. We clearly his reasoning skills. He can clearly think outside the box. He clearly does his own thing. But he's not portrayed. He's not portrayed as a human intelligence or a malicious intelligence or any intelligence at all. He's just himself. Yes. And I find that so he he's he's the protagonist in the movie that happens to be a robot. Most of the time, artificial intelligence is being used to make a point about something. The fact that Wally is an artificial intelligence isn't the point of this movie. Yeah. The point of this movie is a lot of other things which happens to use an art. And and normally AI in any medium isn't used that way. They're always used either to make a point or they're like the big like. You know, in the case of Mass Effect, they're the big penultimate 
problem, right? There's something that has to be dealt with. It's very rare that they're just the character because they are. Right. Yeah. And then in terms of what makes them different from the other Wallies, I think it's just, I think it's just lived experience is that, you know, his circuitry has been, he's been adding to his memory banks and circuitry and such for 700 years. So yeah. he probably started off because as completely automated as all the rest of them, but they fell one by one and he continued to sort of improvise to improve and repair himself with everyone else. And all the other Wallies have since fallen. He, he has, de he developed over time. He developed yes. his intelligence over time. Yes. And he really did. And he, his intelligence and his personality too, because he also has his little cockroach friend. He's got Scott Crow's uh, friends. He enjoys Hello Dolly, which is a questionable decision, yes. Wally, but we'll get into that right now. <laughs> Thank you. I was thinking of what the name of that movie was. You're it's right. Hello Dolly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, so he's totally got his own little personality that has clearly developed over those 700 years as all the other Wallies died off. Yeah. Yeah, precisely. And that's what, but what I find interesting is that Eva has less personality to begin with. She's much more rigid in how she operates, but she develops personality quite quickly, as yes. do all the other robots sort of through Wally's influence. Yes. Whereas it took him a long time to do that. He sort of is able to show them how in a much less, in a much shorter period of time. Yeah. I wouldn't say that Eva is, um, she gets dropped off in on Earth. Yep. And she automatically starts scanning for life. And then yeah. um, as soon as her spaceship flies off, she actually goes off like speeding around with happiness. Yeah, so she that's does, true. Yeah. She doesn't, right from the beginning, you can see that she defers from always doing her job. Yeah. Much. Yeah, she does. No, you're right. I'd forgotten about that. But yeah, she still, she does her thing. She's still her own person, but she is mission oriented to the point and very trigger yes, happy is. for some reason. <laughs> yes, she is. Yeah. Which again, I'm not, I, I'm curious as to what she thinks is going to be trying to get her on earth that she feels the need to shoot at everything. Like giant cockroaches. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess so. Right. Giant mutant cockroaches. Like, enormous maybe other robots looking to take her down for spare parts right it's actually like sort of yeah we don't realize this because wally's just the master of it but it's actually more of like a mad max robot eat robot world out there you're and she's just right. ready to go yeah absolutely possibly. who knows <laughs> now the antagonist in this is also a robot Otto. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but again he is really just also doing what he's been programmed to do. And his personality is also something of he's just, he doesn't think the humans can do it. And I mean, when you look at the humans, he's not wrong in that assessment. He's not wrong, but I would argue that he doesn't have his own um, personality. He only follows directives. Even yes. when the situation changes, because Eva and Wally and a lot of the other robots on the spaceship, when the situation changes, when their environment changes, they change. But Otto refuses to let it change. Even when he sees that there is proof of plant life, yeah. he hides it. And then he, again, uh, when it comes back, he I... refuses to defer from it reminded me exactly of um how in um space but that's that to me is 
the view of his personality, because if he was just following his directives, the directive when a plant is found is to reverse course and head to earth. He refuses that, which means he's not following his directives. Mm -mm. He's following what he thinks he has to do. And what he thinks he has to do is keep the humans away from earth. No, because there's the secret mission that um, oh, yes, that course, came yeah. on and said, "Do not return to Earth." Yeah, do done. not. Of course, Live I forgot. And... Um, Fred Willard. Yeah, Fred Willard tells him yes. it's screwed. There's no way back. Don't exactly. bother. Exactly. So he yeah, is I... just always following directives. He yeah, never, even true. when I... he sees the proof of plant life, yeah. he does not. Uh... I'd forgotten about Fred Willard's little like extra speech to him there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Side note. I also really like how they put real actors in with the. Uh, with the animated movie. Yeah, yeah, that they put Fred Willard in there to be the like the 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 head of the corporation. Yeah, yeah it's a nice little touch, right? Yeah. It's a nice it little is. hey, why not? And super quickly, by and large, that's also in Toy Story, right? I think is it? it is. It's in another I, Pixar movie. I, I'm pretty sure it's it's definitely in another Pixar movie. I'm not sure of exactly which one, but you're hundred percent correct. It's definitely in one of them. Yeah. Good old Pixar. Yeah, by and large. <laughs> But I mean, so here's the thing. Here's the thing with Wally, right? If we're yeah. gonna get like, if we're gonna get sort of into into like physics and what would actually happen here, based on what humanity has become at that point, Earth would kill them, all of them. Maybe not right away, but they're not, you know. They're not going to be able to survive staying on the gravity for that long. Like it'll just destroy them all. It's going to crush all their. It's going to crush all their lungs and break their bones and just obliterate them. You mean physically, Earth will crush them? Yeah, physically, (laughs) Earth will crush them. The constant gravity will crush them. They're clearly in a like much lighter gravity situation on the ship. Oh, 100%. Well, even in their x-rays, their bones are no longer connected, and yet they're still able to walk. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's no way. There's no way that these people would be able to survive Earth. Earth would crush them like bugs. Uh, Except they wouldn't. Bugs can still survive. But (laughs) anyhow, that's just, you know, I forget there was some commentator saying, you know, like, yeah, well, he's a happy ending, but come back a week later and all those people are just like, piles of flesh on the ground with Wally like scooping them all up and making a tower out of them or something like that, you know? Like... <laughs> it's so true. I didn't really think about it. Like, obviously I'm like, well, they can't walk, They, you know, and to land back on Earth and just be in that gravity, they can't do that. But you're absolutely right. It would just come back a week yeah, later. They'd, they'd all be survive dead. for a bit, but the constantness of it would eventually just pulp them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it did hit home, um, and you mentioned this in last week's episode with uh, Chris, how yeah. uh, you had asked, like, do you think that this is possible? And, like, a part of me is like, well, to an extent it's possible, but I don't think that we would all evacuate Earth. I don't think it would be that bad. But, yes, obviously people are going to space, people are going to Mars to go and colonize Mars and whatever. But then you brought up the point, it's like, well, we've all been looking at screens for the last year, and now that we are finally out of isolation, yeah, like we can, you know, we can go out and do things, and people don't want to look at screens anymore. So you are right in that sense. So I'm, yeah. it gave me a little bit of hope when I heard you say that last week. Yes, 
Yeah, they, they won't, don't want to look at screens anymore. I mean, unfortunately, our billionaires are still all now racing to see who can escape the planet first. So yes. I don't exactly want to know what they know that we don't, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Connor. We'll be left behind here anyways. We'll be I the mean, look, All I can hope for is we can just watch them all flare up in a fiery ball upon re-entry and have a good laugh. But uh, <laughs> that might be too much to ask. <laughs> It's funny, Buddy said it very well, you know? Wally is a movie about a funny robot. And yet, for the adults around, when you watch it, there's some really, like, deep, dark shit going on in this movie. Like, it brings oh, up totally. a lot of thoughts of just, like, oh, man, you know? Like, totally. more like, so even than, any, than most of their other ones. Like, although they all do to it. I mean, that's sort of Pixar's, like, raison d'etre. That's what they do. Yes. But I guess but because one, of... Uh, this one can really hit home, because it's a very close well, real subject uh, what like, i find what i find the difference is is that most of pixar's movies deal with like deep subjects but on a personal level like you know inside out is about like you know depression yes. the, the, the the thought process of your mind um up is about dealing with grief and moving on and finding meaning in your life and things like that yeah while it's about the destruction of the human race <laughs> and then, like, the revival of that. It's it's not the personal that most of the other ones are. Yes. Yeah, you're right. It's, uh, and like I said, it's it's a very possible outcome. It could be a possible outcome or something similar to that effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it wasn't in 2008, and it's even less so now outside the realm of possibility. It's like, you look at it, and you're like, yeah, no, okay. You know, like, maybe not that exact thing, but, yeah, I get it. Like... I see that. I see yeah. something along those lines <laughs> happening. Oh, dear. But yeah, but I like their depiction of why I wanted to do this. They use artificial intelligence in this story in a different way than all the other ones do, in that it's not the primary focus of the story. The characters are robots just because they are. The story doesn't really have anything to do with them being robots per se. They, they could. No, it doesn't. <clears throat> They could have done this movie with them being anything else, and the entire story still functions the same. I mean, yeah. you would have to change some of the beats of it, but the basic storyline remains the same. So it's it's robots because why not? I mean, it makes sense. Of course it would be robots, but the ro them being robots isn't intrinsic to any of the most important elements of the story. It's fun because they can do a bunch of silly stuff with it, right? And I mean, yeah. I suppose the the, like... One element of the story is important the robots because the idea of like moving beyond your sort of program path, and that's sort of what the humans do as well, is that getting out of a rut and things like that, getting out of a rut and doing something new means more when you're like for the robots that are programmed, right? Like for the guy yeah. who always follows his lines and then that one time he deviates from the line, it, it's that has meaning from what we understand of how robots operate and how they would think. That part of the story sort of requires the doesn't require them to be robots, but it has more resonance because they are. Exactly. It really hits home when you see them actually jump off of the line and deviate from what they are meant to be doing. Yeah, because even more so than anyone else, like, you know, robots are made because that's what they're meant to do. They are they are creatures of purpose above anything else. Exactly. They are created to perform a specific task. And yeah, it's <laughs> sorry. It just reminded me of probably my absolute favorite, although totally terrible moment in Rick and Morty 
season one Go when on. Rick Rick builds a tiny robot to pass the butter. Right. And so the robot goes and passes butter and then the robot looks at him and he's like, what is my purpose? And Rick's like, you pass butter. And the robot looks down. And it's like, Oh my God. And he's like, yeah, you're telling me, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know I've seen that and it's familiar, but I need to go back and watch Rick and Morty. It's, now. Just, it's such like a perfect little moment of just, like, it's five seconds long, but it encapsulates like, thousands of years of existential terror and thought on the subject right there it's like there it is you know it's like what's my purpose you pass butter oh my god like yeah yeah exactly yeah. hey but it's it's needed in life we need things to pass butter sometimes do we, do we though we have arms we can reach that isn't actually something that we need some people may need it yeah, fair enough. Some people may need it. It's like, do we need a vacuum that cleans the floors and goes back to its home? We have arms. We could pass the vacuum. We could. That's true. But then, you know, <laughs> where would all the little happy Roombas live if we didn't? What would they do? Roombas <laughs> are proof that we are, we are able to, like, pack bond and ascribe, like, living attributes onto anything. Yeah. You know, like the way people treat their Roombas and talk about their Roombas, like we can humanize anything. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We can <laughs> just get a pair of googly eyes, stick them on and there we go. Yeah, exactly. You know, like when you see a Roomba just like smashing itself into a corner, you instinctively feel bad for it. It's like <laughs> it's a vacuum. But because it's able to move by itself and it's like stuck in a corner, you're like, oh, poor guy, you know, like, what's oh, he going to do? Let me get up and go and help you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, it's a fucking vacuum. But there you go. <laughs> but that just shows how empathetic we are. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. Which I guess then, you know, makes it that much easier to, you know, because if, if you can empathize with a Roomba, it's very easy to empathize with Wally and Eva and such who have actual personalities, even though they yeah. are robots. Yes, yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, there you have it. There you have it. I think, I think you know, that covers it. I like Wally because uh, it's used differently for AI. Wally is crazy because it's actually all about, like, every terrifying existential crisis that we face as adults. But if you ask a kid, it's a movie about funny robots, which, you know, there you go. That sums it all up, really. That really <laughs> does sum it up. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Get right to the crux of the issue, you know. Don't worry about don't worry about all that adult angst. He'll develop that in time. Exactly. That will come. Yeah, that will come, but it's not there yet. Well, we'll we'll redo this 20 years from now. I'll watch Perfect. this with him and I'll I'll watch it with him again and we'll play this back to him and see what he thinks about the movie then. <laughs> see if it's still a funny robot movie. Yeah, exactly. Or, or you know, by then who knows how messed up the world will be. He'd be like, "Ah, it was part of the sa the sages predicted this. If you watch to the <laughs> Wally, you know, they knew and we did nothing." <laughs> uh, Connor, I have a question for you. Yes. Why don't you like cars? Why don't I like cars? You are Why so would passionate. I like <laughs> it's because it's just, of all the Pixar movies, it's just the worst. It's the most blatantly made to sell things, for yeah. one thing. The, 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 the logic of cars is fucking bananas to me. Like, so, you know, that cute, uh, that cute, like, uh, dump truck lives in a junkyard surrounded by the corpses of supposedly, I guess, other people that he knew. So he's basically John Wayne Gacy, you know, <laughs> like, 
And just, just the whole, and ultimately the story I find not compelling, you know, fast, arrogant car, like gets knocked falls down the pen, love. but then becomes, falls in love and becomes fast and slightly less arrogant. Whoopie fucking do, you know, yeah, like. Fair enough. Yeah. You just, you seemed so passionate about it last week that I, I had to just ask. Because it doesn't do it for me in the same way that almost, I, I, you know what, objectively, it's not that bad of a movie. I think my problem with it is because almost every other Pixar movie is so good. Yeah. That like Cars is offensive to me, I guess, where it's like egregious, just normalness. Because yeah, okay. so so many of their movies are just like absolute masterpieces. The fact that the fact that you can have like that library of work and people are like, I think Cars is the best Pixar movie just makes me irrationally angry. Because I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Cars is my least yeah. favorite Pixar movie as well. But uh, yeah. but I mean, uh, yeah, you well, you were so passionate. <laughs> Again, I think it's just because a that was the second recording, so I'd already had a full uh, like, uh, and uh, uh, you know, a drink and a half worth of alcohol with nothing to eat in me at that point. And uh, <laughs> yeah, but then yeah, it's just if cars had been made by like some random movie studio, I think I probably would would feel less passionately about it than I do is the fact that it's the worst Pixar movie. Yeah. And I mean, one movie's got to be the worst one, so... I mean, that's true, but doesn't mean you don't have to, you know, doesn't mean you can't dislike it, because it is. Yes. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for that. No problem, anytime. I will I will <laughs> wax lyrical about my hatred for cars any day of the week. Perfect. I thought you meant, like, actual physical cars for a second, and I was going to... Do you hate real cars? Well, no, I don't hate real cars. I am indifferent to cars. <laughs> I, I don't have like people's obsession with cars. people do this to me i mean i don't know cars very well people do this to me all the time you know they're, they they stay in the parking lot and they're like it's the it's the hunter hunter gtx 500 you can't miss it I'm like i don't fucking know what that means it's a car it's got four wheels a steering wheel i don't know what they all look like like i don't know much about them so maybe that's something to do with my dislike of cars as well <laughs> well maybe if you watch cars more often you would know what cars which you know what? Again, as long as it gets me to point at from point A to point B, I don't care. Like it just <laughs> doesn't matter to me. It's I never I never it never got drilled into me as like the ultimate status symbol, which is ultimately what anyone cares about with cars. They care about nice cars because it's a status symbol. I never viewed it as a status symbol, so I just don't care. I bought my car for my dog. So <laughs> Yeah, but th th that's it. But you don't go around saying I have the nicest car in the world. You just you have your car because you have your car. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I needed a big car to hold a big dog, and that's what I got. Yep, there you go, Tina. I think I think that's it. I as Buddy, you know, so clearly elucidated. We can make up as much stuff we want about Wally, but Wally in the end is a fairly simple film. But uh, so I would just like to say thank you for joining me, and thank you to all my listeners. Uh, this is going to be the last episode of Rocket Man Explores. We have gone on many travels together, but uh, alas. Personal things mean that uh, I'm going to have to park the rocket for the foreseeable future and take care of business here on Earth. So. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. It's been a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed yourselves. And, yeah, we will, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll be back doing something else in the future. But for now, uh, yeah, thank you again, guys. It's been great. And, uh, yeah, I hope you all have yourselves a fantastic post-pandemic life. Let me ask you something. 
Do you watch wrestling? Either way, I have a podcast I want you to check out. Smart and Friends is the wrestling podcast that's not just for wrestling fans. Sometimes we watch wrestling with content creators or emerging artists who don't watch wrestling. Other times we'll invite a wrestler to talk about their interesting projects outside the squared circle. Or maybe we'll do something else entirely, as long as we think wrestling fans and people outside of our fandom will get a kick out of it. Catch Smart and Friends from the Two Finger Guns Club wherever you catch your podcasts. This has been a Two Finger Guns Club production. Pew, pew.